Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks are proud to be your metal roofing headquarters for over 40 years. Save time and money by buying from the most reliable manufacturer on the Gulf Coast. If you buy it today, you pick it up today. They offer 20 Sherwin-Williams colors to choose from, and a 40-year warranty. Baker Metal and Dixie Supply, two names, same great service. With the addition of their new store in Cantonment, Florida, they now have eight locations to serve you. Dixie Supply and Baker Metal Works, your metal roofing headquarters, and also brought to you by Southern Seed and Feed. Do you want to provide better nutrients to your deer? If so, try Southern Buck Food Plot Blends. Your deer will love it. At Southern Seed and Feed, they specialize in making textured feed for horses, cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, chickens, small animals, and wildlife. Their products are proven irresistible, scientifically formulated to promote excellent herd health and hunter satisfaction. They supply products to various distributors throughout the South. So visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. I'm your host, Joe Bayer, here today with my co-host, Butch Theory. And Butch, I've got a burning question I've got to ask you. All right, go ahead. What's it like to miss? Yeah, I don't know. We can call up my brother. He knows how to miss. <laughs> uh, man, I'm excited about this show. Um, whenever we're doing our content creation, you know, I just got back from Arkansas and it's an age old question, you know, like we did the shot size show a couple of weeks ago, you know, before you go hunting, you know, what, what shot size are you, what, what are you shooting? You know, you got 20 gauge, you got 12 gauge, what choke is in it and you know, what number are you going to be using? I'm using number fours with an improved cylinder. That's great. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was and is the, that, uh, is that going to work well in my gun? Right. When it was the running, it was the running joke in Arkansas. I don't, I don't duck hunt that much. I enjoy it whenever I do, but you know, I feel like I start over every time, just like we were right. talking with the shot size. It's like, I don't know. Let me Google it, you know? Yeah. Um. So, you know, up there I was hunting with my 20 gauge, mostly in the timber and you know what I was asking everybody, what do you use? What chunk you got in? Cause I want to be able to hit them. You know, I right. want to be able to be competitive in the blind. Nobody wants to be that guy that's banging away and you burned up. Well, you don't want to be missing because of your gear. You want, if you're missing, exactly. you want it to be because it's your fault. Not yeah, not cause we like fault. nice stuff. You know, we spend a bunch of money to get here and get there and uh so that was the that was the question you know i put in whatever they told me or whatever we all decided on i think it was improved cylinder and you know i'd I'd hit one perfect oh man that chokes perfect they'd say and then i'd miss one oh man you should have put the other one in you know so we gotta (laughs) we gotta figure it out man we gotta get into this thing hey we are gonna figure it out today i'm excited about this show and all as you can imagine there's a lot of variables when it comes to choosing a choke tube whether the type of gun you're shooting, the gauge, the waterfowl you're after, the distances you're shooting, the types of ammo you're loading, we're going to figure it out once and for all today. And giving us that information this week, we're talking with Jimmy Muller. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. First off, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and some background on your company. Thank you, gentlemen. So basically, I uh, born in 1969. I uh, started duck hunting in 1975. I uh, shot my first green wing teal flying with a 410 in 1975. And and then, you know, moving forward, spent a lot of time out pheasant hunting, duck hunting with dad, brother. And, you know, come around 1990, 91, I was still really struggling to hit things. I could shoot a pellet gun really good and a rifle. But when it came to shooting stuff with a shotgun, wing shooting, I, I really struggled. 
and didn't really understand why. Cause you know, my dad was a master wing shooter, my brother, same situation. And the only time they fired three shots was when there were three ducks or more, you know, <laughs> they would let me empty my gun and then they'd laugh and then kill a bird. So, so about 1991, 92, some of my dad's friends came around. He was a taxidermist and we live on a 900 acre salt marsh here right near Lordship gun club. And, um, they said, you've got to try sporting clays. We didn't even know what that was at the time. We only knew about skeet and trap. So uh, basically, I took them up on it and uh, went to a sporting clay shoot. And very quickly, I learned that I was shooting in front of everything. Because for so many years, my dad had grilled into me, you know, start behind it, pass it, pull a trigger. And he kept telling me, you got to lead it. You got to lead it. You got to get in front of it. So when it came down to it, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't hit anything, you know. And um, when it came down to it in sporting clays, I learned that I was shooting way in front of everything. So after shooting competitively for about two years, I, I really dialed in my leads, the way I moved the gun, the way I acquired a target with the gun and with my eyes. And it really, really translated directly to the field and uh, made me a much better wing shooter. And that forwarded all the way to this day. Very cool. Well, tell us a little bit about Muller Chokes. How'd you get into that? Yeah. So in 1993, when I when I really started getting into sporting clay competition, I wanted to be the best I could be. And I figured the equipment was going to be, you know, the most important thing that I could do to get started in that direction. So I bought a really nice over and under shotgun. Next thing was, you know, vest and choke tubes. And so I went to the most well-known choke tube manufacturer at the time and I bought two modified chokes, um, extended modified chokes, because top shooters had told me just put modifieds in the gun and shoot everything. So I figured I would start with that. I got these chokes in. I put them in the gun. I went out. I patterned them. And one pattern like a skeet and one pattern like a full choke. So being an aerospace defense manufacturer, I immediately thought, well, either they're marked wrong or they just don't measure right. So I went in the shop the next day and I mic'd them. And surprisingly, they were both 20 thousandths of an inch constriction from my bore, which is a modified choke, theoretically, you know, by definition. So that really blew my mind. So the next day I went out and I took the chokes out of my gun and I shot threads because I was thinking maybe it was the barrels that were off. And they both surprisingly patterned very similar to each other. Point of impact was very similar. And now I was perplexed. I'm like, how could these chokes pattern this differently if they both measure as a modified choke? So make a very long story short, went back in the shop and I started measuring geometries in the choke. Cylindricity, squareness, concentricity, roundness, length of parallelism, surface finish in micro inches, gasker clearance. And what I found out was that the geometry inside the choke actually was different and that was creating the fluctuation in patterns, not the exit diameter, not the thousandths of an inch constriction. And that blew my mind because up to that point, and, and even to this day, everybody goes by thousandths of an inch constriction and exit diameter. And really, it, it doesn't mean that much. There's so much involved with it. That's really interesting to hear you tell that story because... Mm -hmm. That's what I've always thought. I've always thought that chokes were just constricting your barrel in different ways to throw that pattern differently. 
Uh, and that's how a choke worked. You know, it was basically just that exit diameter you're talking about. So do chokes really work that way? I mean, is it just a matter of this choke and not only its exit diameter, but its internal geometry are constricting the barrel to give you a pattern? They do really work that way, but there's a huge amount of science that goes in behind it that really nobody's ever touched on until I came along. So what I learned was that if I took the choke tube out of all these different guns with all these different bore diameters, they all shot entirely different with no choke tube in them at all. So I realized you can't just put a 10,000 constriction choke in all these guns and say it's an improved cylinder. It's not real. It doesn't work. It's literally false. So just to clarify, like quickly, like an eye opening thing is, and this is something nobody's ever talked about or taught anybody. So like if you take a, a Browning in Vector Plus gun at, let's say, 745 diameter bore, and if you take an old Beretta or a Benelli with a 720 bore, you do simple math, 720 from 745, it's 25 thousandths of an inch difference before you even put a choke in the gun. And as we know, 25 thousandths of an inch is equal to an improved modified, which is almost a full choke difference. So how can you put the same choke in all these different guns and say it's X? It's not. So, you know, 720 bore, you put 20 thousandths constriction, that's 700 thousandths exit diameter. If you take a 740 bore and put 20 thousandths in it, that's 720 exit bore. So obviously they're not anywhere close to being the same. It's really interesting hearing you talk about that because as I mentioned before we started recording, my experience with patterning shotguns really has come from hunting wild turkeys as opposed to hunting waterfowl. And I have learned through the years of shooting my gun and my friend's guns as we're out there patterning them that he can be shooting a 12 gauge. I can be shooting a 12 gauge and he's got a different manufacturer. We both could put in the same choke and one gun will pattern it really awesome. And the next gun it's not worth anything. And so it really, you know, it's really like what I've learned over the years is it's almost your gun, this load, you need to pattern it to ask your Turkey hunting buddy, you know, like, Hey, what, what choke do you choose? Do you choose? Unless you are shooting the exact same gun, the exact same barrel, because it's going to be different than my experience. So when you're sitting, this just kind of opens up this can of worms, right? Where now everybody I'm sure that's listening to this is going, well, how do you pick a choke? I shoot a Browning auto five and my dad shoots a, you know, a Benelli super black Eagle. How do we pick chokes and how do we find chokes that are going to shoot the best out of the gun we shoot? So let me ask you this with rifle accuracy, you know, there's a, a common measurement that everybody goes by, you know, say, all right, it's middle minute of angle. And this gun will shoot sub MOA. When you talk about waterfowl and you talk about shot patterns, is there a rule of thumb like this where you can say, all right, look, this you need this many pellets in this diameter circle to be effective? Or does that just change no matter the distance? And what are you looking for in terms of shot patterns to know, hey, that's a killing pattern. That's that's good to go. That's good to hunt. There's uh there's definitely standards that you could go by. Um, you know, it, it's always nice to be able to to pattern things different ways. Most people that do pattern, even though it's a very small amount of people, they pattern on paper because that's really the only thing that we have at our disposal. 
Um, we don't all have high speed photography to look at shot strings. And, but um, one thing that I've always taught my students and people that I hunt with is if you want to really see how a choke and ammo and gun um, combination are going to actually work in real life, go out and when you're hunting or when you're even at a sporting clay course or in the woods, if you could get to where there's some water, actually shoot your loads on water at the distance you intend to shoot at. And what I mean by that is like some people won't pull a trigger past 25 yards. Some people will shoot comfortably past 40 yards. But depending on what you're comfortable shooting at, shoot your combination on water at that distance if you're a duck hunter. And it will really open your eyes to what you're really getting. And what I mean by that is, you know, I've, I've shot thousands and thousands of rounds on paper, okay, through every gun on the market, every board diameter, every choke on the market with pretty much every ammo from the 50s to current ammo today. And I've seen patterns on paper in a 30-inch circle at a whatever distance where the pellet count looked really good. And then I went out and shot it on water or on live birds, and it did not perform the way it looked on paper. And then I took patterns that did not look so good and did the same situation, and it was incredible. And what I came to the conclusion with is it had to do with pellet, like pattern efficiency as far as evenness and consistency, low shot-to-shot deviation. And what that translated to is sort of like shot strength. And, you know, one thing that's been proven recently uh, more than any other time in the world is that in the air, shot string really doesn't matter because even if you take the longest shot string, which is about 20 feet, in the air, it travels through a bird from front pellet to back pellet in less than 200 thousandths of a second. So really, the only thing that's hitting a bird are the pellets in the front anyway. They may all make it through the bird, but the ones that are hitting the bird are the ones in the front. And in the air, it doesn't really matter how long that string is. However, if you're on a horizontal plane, like on a ground, on a cornfield, in the water, if you've got a crippled bird or a bird on the ground and you shoot that bird, if you've got a long shot string, you're going to see a lot of pellets above the bird, below the bird, only a couple on the bird. And we all know, like a turkey, you need to put pellets on the head and neck to be able to put that bird down. And that's a very small target. So you need a lot of pellets in that pattern with not much space between them to be effective. And the way I could define is a very efficient pattern that's very even with a shorter shot string on a horizontal surface is very important because it's like taking a pancake and throwing it on the bird versus a very long torpedo. And um, this this is very critical. So on paper, there are pellet counts that you can look at in a 30-inch circle at the distance you intend to use it at. I like to say on, on puddle ducks and most ducks, about 100 pellets in that 30-inch circle to be very effective. Um, on a bird like a big Canada goose, you know, 80. So it all 80 to 90, it all depends on what you're hunting. All right. Good stuff, Jimmy. We're going to take a quick break here and hear from some of our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to really start diving deep into everything people need to consider when they're starting to choose which constriction they want and type of choke they want. Y'all stick around. We'll be right back. 
This week's show is brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. Mallardbay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next scouted hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the United States. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt. And also brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. At bucksisland.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, and bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks. They love trade-ins, which provides a steady stream of used boats, and they can rig your boat at their 18-bay service department or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. All right, Jimmy. So when we left, like I mentioned, we, I feel like I've opened up a can of worms here for myself. Cause I got a lot of questions to ask. Uh, I'm sure Butch is feeling the same way. Well, it makes sense as far as I was wondering where he was going with that, you know, like yeah. it doesn't matter on the water versus the air, but that makes a ton of sense. Right. Um, as far as that shot string goes, it, you know, it was totally different in air with your follow through and everything, as opposed to just shooting something sitting still in the water. Right. Yes. Yeah. So never considered that ever. My big thing here that's that's got my brain spinning is again, you know, all right, if I'd go jump in the duck blind with Butch and I say, Hey man, what kind of choke should I shoot? It's really just a dumb question because it doesn't unless again, you know, unless we got the same exact shooting gun, the exact same gun, same, exact same setup, it, it's kind of irrelevant. So when a when a guy's trying to choose, all right, you know, I'm I'm gonna take a Browning Auto Five out there with me and I'm I'm wondering like what kind of choke constriction should I choose? One thing I've learned from you already is that focusing on that outside diameter really isn't a good way to look at it either. So what variables do we need to consider? I mean, where do you start if somebody's trying to get the right choke in their gun for the type of waterfowl thereafter? You know, so so believe it or not, ammunition has a lot to do with that factor. But what I'll do is, and, and I'll go over a little bit of what I did Um, without getting into huge detail and boring everybody. But one thing that is critically important is the ammo you choose. And what I tell people is if you're going to hunt puddle ducks inside 35 yards, shoot steel, you know, and steel fours are amazing, provided you use a heavy payload, a slow velocity with the right choke. And, you know, for, for years now, we've been on this bandwagon from marketing hype from the ammo manufacturers about high velocity hypersonic kills and uh really the only thing it does kill is your pattern your neck and your wallet it doesn't kill birds what kills bird is heavy payload lots of pellets and slow velocity when i say slow you know steel shot the only loads out there that are slow would be 1300 feet per second if they were 1200 1250 they'd be even better but the slowest one is really 1300 and then they go up you know, to 14, 15, 15, 50, even 1700. And um, payload and 12 gauge, an ounce and a quarter, ounce and three eighths is best at that 1300 feet per second. So I, I tell people, if you're going to hunt puddle ducks inside that 40 or 35 yard mark, you know, go with that type of steel load. 
And then if you're going to hunt sea ducks or big geese, you know, same exact load, just go up a little bit in shot size. Uh, one of the worst things that you can do is shoot BB. BB is, there's not enough pellets in it to really effectively kill birds at extended distance. So it's really useless. But as far as choke selection goes, you know, touching base on what I did was I wanted to do just three constrictions, close, medium, and far, which is my decoy passing UFO. And, you know, for steel shot, my decoy and passing is basically going to take care of everything. And then UFO is going to be for like bismuth or TSS if you want to shoot at extended yardage like turkey, right? Yeah. So what I realized is that a lot of chokes that were out there were over choked and not only over choked, but they had the wrong constriction, the wrong geometry, and they were blown patterns, which is why a lot of chokes out there have limitations. You know, you can't shoot bigger than a steel number two or a certain velocity, or you can't shoot a certain wad. So I realized this when I developed chokes and I wanted to fix all those problems. So what I did was I actually made a choke tube that has no limits. You shoot anything you want through it. You can even take my UFO or my turkey choke and shoot slugs and buckshot through it. It won't ever damage the choke. It won't ever blow your pattern. And that's because of the geometry inside the choke and the materials and the heat treating and everything else. But what I always tell people is basically, you know, like you had said, go out and pattern, you know, because you really don't know. And what we were talking about in the beginning was how thousands of an inch constriction is grossly secondary to the geometry. What I learned was you had to make the choke specific for the gun it's in. So like going back to what I said, when I took the chokes out of all these different guns, meaning 22 different guns, 13 different bore diameters, when I took the chokes out of those guns and shot the same ammo through them, they all patterned entirely different. So I realized that if it starts different, it ends different. And if that's true, you have to put a different type of choke in each gun to make it efficient. So what I did was something nobody else had ever done is I took one gun, I changed every geometry you could imagine in the choke until I got the most even picture perfect pattern with the lowest shot to shot deviation that that particular gun could actually produce. I made the blueprint for the choke, moved on to the next gun, started all over. Mm. So basically what I did was I created gun-specific patterning geometry. I call it GSPG. So every single gun has its own geometry based on how that gun patterns the best, regardless of what ammo. And you know what I've told people is if you take the worst patterning ammo on the market, it's still gonna be the worst patterning ammo on the market. But through my choke, it's going to be the best it can be. And when you take premium patterning ammo, my chokes are going to outshine everything by a wide margin because of those geometries. It's really interesting to hear you talk about how you broke down getting the right choke for the right gun, because I actually went through that process with a new to me turkey gun that I was putting together. And, you know, I, it was a, it was a very common gun, Remington 870 with a short barrel, 18 inch barrel, uh, in a 20 gauge. And, you know, what I was able to do online is just by reading forums and finding people who had that exact same setup, who had had good success with certain chokes and certain loads out of certain ammunition. And really I didn't have to go even go pattern. I was able to just copy what someone had had success with 
and get everything the same. And then I went out in pattern and I had a great patterning gun. So what you're talking about is really the going through gun specific. And that's where my head starts to spin is like, okay, you change one variable and you've changed everything. Right. So, right. You know, you're talking about gun specific patterning. How does a guy go from just wanting to kill more waterfowl and make good shots? Cause they, I mean, most of the folks, including myself, can't even pronounce most of the geometry you were talking about, much less understand it. So if I want to go take a gun, like my Browning auto five and go to your website and, and get a, and get the right choke. Do you have that data there to be able to go and compare guns and loads and, and put the right choke with it? Or do you still need to get several chokes and go to the pattern and board and see how your gun performs? Yeah, it's a great question. So basically simplifying all of the, all of the slander that I was talking about. Yeah. So I realized that this was a very difficult technical problem. I realized 88% of duck hunters never shot a pattern on paper. They don't even know what it's supposed to look like, and they don't even know how to pattern. Right. So I wanted to fix that for everybody. I'm a master class shooter with the NSCA and sporting clays. I'm a master wing shooter. So being a metallurgist and an aerospace defense manufacturer, I had the capability and knowledge to be able to fix all that. So what I did was I basically took all those guns, all the chokes that I made, and I dumbed it down to the point where I could literally say, okay, take your gun, regardless of ammo, shoot the decoy constriction out to 35 yards with steel shot, the passing choke beyond that. And what I mean by beyond that is theoretically and well, scientifically and physically, steel shot is not reliable for ethic, ethical kills past 45 yards. Yes, you can do it past that if you have the right skill with the right ballistics. But theoretically, if you're using the right ammo with the right choke, 45 yards, you can routinely and consistently kill ducks with steel shot. Beyond that, really, you need to go to bismuth or TSS or something like that. So what I've done was I've created the decoy and passing for all your steel shot and bismuth and tungsten out to those normal distances for over decoys. Then the passing choke is is for passing shots beyond over decoys. And then the UFO would be like an extra full or like a turkey choke if you're shooting super alloys. Um, so it sort of makes it much more simple. Mm -hmm. And because of the patterns that I've created for all the different guns, for all these ammos, you literally don't have to go out and pattern them. You could literally put it in your gun, take your ammo, go out and know that you've got the most even consistent patterns on the market, hands down. And I didn't want to just be a salesman or sound that way. So because I've dealt with every choke company in the industry, what I decided to do is give a no risk, no worry warranty on all of my chokes. So what I did was a 60 day money back guarantee on all my chokes. So you literally buy any choke for me, take it out, shoot it for two full months. And if you don't think it's the best in the world, you simply, I'll give you your money back. No questions asked. In that 60 days, I also do a free exchange program. So let's say you buy a passing choke and you shoot the heck out of it and you're like, you know what, Jim, this is just too tight for what I'm shooting. I'm shooting in the timber. I need a decoy choke. I just swap it for free. So there's no risk to, risk to try and buy or owning. You're never stuck with anything you buy. So you get to just literally 
try them out. And then after that, they have a full lifetime replacement warranty. So literally, even if you damage one by accident somehow, I'll give you a new one for free. So I wanted to give that to my customers and my fellow hunters so they never had to worry about, oh my gosh, I wonder if I bought the right thing or is this going to be what I want? You don't have to worry about it. The the homework's, the, the homework's done, the physics are done, everything is done for you. And when you call my office, you speak to Devin or you speak to myself. So you're dealing with people that know. And uh, there's a 90% chance that when you get a choke from me, it's going to be not only the best you've ever had, but it's going to be exactly what you need. I already feel like there's a weight off my chest because yeah. as I'm thinking through this and I've had these thoughts before, you know, especially with turkeys, you know, I'm like, okay, I've got this gun. I'm going to set this gun up. Well, I guess I need to try these different constrictions with this load. And then what if I change my load? I guess I need to shoot it through all those constrictions again. And then, you know, what one company does is going to be different from what another company does. And so I'm sitting there looking at that going, if I shoot five different loads from five different guns, or excuse me, from five different chokes, this is going to get expensive quick. And, and then I'm going to be having four chokes that I don't want anymore because one's going to probably be the best. Uh, I really like what you're saying of being able to just simplify it down, close, medium, far, get what you think you need, go shoot it. And if it doesn't work, swap it back out. Yeah, that's hard to beat. Sounds like all chokes are not created equal. That's kind of one of the conversations we had whenever we were planning this show. Yeah, well, yeah, and you don't have to be a geometry expert right, to to figure out which one's going to work best in your gun. I think, I don't know, Jimmy, if you feel this way, but all these variables to, when I look at this, like actually patterning one gun correctly with all the different manufacturers that are out there and all the different shells and combinations that are out there, it's such a daunting task that I think that's why a lot of people don't go pattern their gun because they're like, I don't know, what if I buy the wrong choke and the wrong load and I just wasted a bunch of money? I mean, do you feel like that's why people don't do it? Um, uh, guaranteed. You know, I mean, not only there's there's so many different ways to look at it. They're factual. So I've hunted with a lot of people all over the country, you know, and and I've I've sat in the blind, I've sat on the beach with a lot of people in the industry, top shooters, top hunters, serious people, beginners, you name it. And, you know, basically you've got exactly what you just said. You know, like what am I gonna do? Go buy 20 different brands of ammo and every choke on the market and go shoot them all and try to figure out what to use. You know, so basically between that and the fact that a lot of people don't even know how to pattern. And then people that actually do it, they don't even know what they're looking at because I see so much, so many times that people will be using a certain choke that's very well known in the industry. A lot of people talk it up and think it's the best. And then they'll go out and buy the ammo, the same situation. The, The companies say it's the best or their buddies say it's the best. And they just go out and they shoot it and they shoot it and they shoot it. And it may, they may do it for years and think that they literally have the best thing and they may have the worst combination and not even know it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it time and time again, where you'll have a good shooter sitting there and you'll have a bird go right into the decoys at 30 yards and they'll center the bird and the bird just flies away because they didn't even hit it. The pellets were all around the bird, but the pellets were spread out so far apart they didn't yeah. even hit the bird or they hit it with one pellet and it flew off and died, you know, guilty. And, and, yeah. oh yeah, you know, but they don't even know that that's bad because yeah. they've been so brainwashed 
by false marketing or their buddies that don't know any better. They just keep doing it. Yeah. And uh, that's why I felt like I really had to do what I did. It, it's a different world, you know? Yeah, I'm excited. I uh, think I'm definitely going to have to get some of those for Christmas and spread them around <laughs> after all the after all the crap I heard in Arkansas yeah, but, last but, weekend. But my... just, you, you caught hell last week. Yeah. Let did. me know. I, mean, I know a guy, man. Right. That's right. I was shooting good, too. <laughs> Before we move on, I just wanted to ask you a question. You had kind of meant, you were saying earlier, you know, your, your short, medium, and long chokes, your decoy is 35 and under. Does that change at all whenever you're talking about 12 gauge versus 20 gauge as far as that, that range? So what I, what I did my best to do when I was changing all these geometries in my chokes and I was, I was doing 4, 10, 28, 20, 12, and 10. So I did all the gauges, uh, not so much 16, but what I learned was that if I played around with the geometries and all these different guns using similar ammo, I could make them all pattern very efficiently and very close to each other. So that's what I, I really strive to do. You can only make a pattern smaller. You cannot make it bigger. I know that there's chokes out there that claim that, you know, like diffuser chokes or spreader chokes or spreader mm -hmm. loads and all that stuff. We don't have really spreader loads in waterfall, even though there are a couple that actually are spreader loads and they don't market it that way. But, you know, anytime you have a pellet that's square or misshapen, it's going to act as a spreader load. But what happens is you cannot predict it. You cannot rely on it. It's going to be very erratic. You're not shooting a single projectile. You're shooting numerous amounts of pellets. So due to physics and many things that are applied to them, it's never going to be the same twice. So therefore, if you can't rely on it, why use it? And I would rather shoot, you know, just a very tight choke with one load that I could count on rather than something that may give me luck. So basically what I did was I took all these different gauges and I tried to make them very similar as far as pattern efficiency. So whether you're shooting a 28 gauge, a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, a 10 gauge, it's all going to be very dynamically close provided you shoot the right ammo, you know? So, so, so getting back to, if I'm understanding you correctly there, that's getting back to that, whether it's the right way to look at it or not, but that number of pellets in a 30 inch circle, you're trying to make that 20 gauge, put the same number of pellets as the 12 gauge so that you can have a, a good kill. Consistent. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and of course the ratio and percentages are going to vary because if you go with a 410 for, we'll go two extremes, right? You take a 410 with a half ounce of shot versus a 12 gauge with ounce and a quarter, it's going to be two different animals. Right. right. But, if you can take that pattern of the 410 and put like almost a hundred percent of it in that circle, you know, you're going to kill a bird when you're on it. You need to be more accurate because you've got a lot less shot, but it's going to devastate the bird when you're on it. So that's what I strived for, you know, lethality and lethality is what I really go for, you know, whether it's a clay target or a live bird. Jimmy, I got to ask you this. Uh, what's your favorite waterfowl shotgun? What do you like to shoot? So two different ones, depending on what scenario I'd be looking for. Um, if I want something that I know is going to be reliable because there's going to be a 40 mile an hour wind and I'm going to be sitting on a beach, sea duck hunting, there's going to be sand flying, there's going to be ice. I'm going to shoot my 870 Wingmaster. 
mm. or my old Winchester 1300 pump. Cause I know no matter what happens, that gun's going to work. It's going to fire. If I have to pour hot coffee on it to slush the ice out, I'll do it. Huh. Um, if I have to use it to paddle my boat, I can, if I'm going to be shooting in anything other than that, I'm going to be shooting my Beretta a 400 extreme plus, you know, I've, I've pretty much, I don't promote gun companies. I'm not sponsored by any of them, but I've shot everything there is and I've shot them a lot. And those two guns have been consistently the best for me in every circumstance. I've had tremendous results, believe it or not, with like the Mossberg 940 waterfall. Been a very reliable gun, very inexpensive compared to a lot of guns out there. Customer service is great. It's been an amazing gun. Um, but at the level that I shoot at, the amount that I hunt, it's going to normally be my A400 Extreme Plus. 20 gauge and 12 gauge. If I'm going to go out and shoot something that's severe weather, I'm going to rely on my 870 Wingmaster. You're going to a pump. Yeah. Absolutely. You know that thing's got a cycle. It's always going to work. And if something goes wrong, I'm going to be able to fix it really quick. Yeah. That's great advice. I got to ask you this too, you know, um, extended choke tubes. Uh, You see it. uh, You see it a lot more on the higher end versus where a lot of factory choke tubes are flush. Right. Yes. It, I would assume the advantage to extend it is it, it makes it easier to change. Is that, is that the only advantage? No. So, so basically the advantages are the fact that a longer um, extended choke tube is going to give you more time to funnel your shot down, whether the geometry in the choke is very good or, or maybe not so good it's still going to be longer transition, which is going to give you more consistency with less deformation and less bad things going on. Think of it this way. Basically, in a hunting load, a standard duck hunting load, the shot column leaving the muzzle when it when it's at the muzzle is approximately inch and a half, two inches long. If you take like a Browning Invector or wind choke, AccuChoke, whatever you want to call that, it's only about an inch and a half long on a factory flush mount choke. There's no possible way that you can consistently or efficiently pattern a shot column through something that abrupt. You know, it'd be like trying to slam something into a wall and expect it to keep going smoothly. You know, it just won't happen. The other thing I don't like about flush mount chokes, there's a few things, but Two of the things that I really don't like is the one we just talked about, the inconsistencies and inefficiencies. But also, I've literally seen hundreds of times, sadly, where somebody will look down the end of the barrel to see how many notches are on the face of it to see what choke is in the gun. Oh, yeah, it's like, no, please don't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it becomes a habit with some people. They just, they just do it, and it, it scares the heck out of me. Yeah. So yeah. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's, a, that's, that's that's a great, great thing. I never would have thought yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. I'm all, I, I will say I was always taught very well at a young age. You don't point a gun anywhere ever, you know, that you don't want it to shoot to go and, off. Uh, right. So I, I, I carry my little choke tube wrench on my, my flush mount chokes that I have. And, and I just take it out and look at it. Like you're talking about, I don't look down yep. at barrel, but I never even thought that that might be something that people are doing. Well, man, this is, this has been an, eye-opening because really what I've learned today, you know, you could sit down and say, 
all right, we're going to talk about choosing the best chokes for waterfowl. And I think when you set out to hear that message or read that message, what you think you're going to come away with is, well, when I'm hunting this type of duck in this type of environment, I'm going to go with a modified. But in reality, what I'm really hearing you say is modified, full proof cylinder skeet. Like it's kind of all depends on the choke tube manufacturer, the geometry that, that they're using and the gun that you're using. And there's just no way to know what's the best choke tube for you unless you go out and pattern your gun. And that's what you've done. You've, you've gone and done it all uh, with a lot of these different guns and, and developed a system that really does simplify it. Sounds really interesting. I, I, I want to go check it out more on your website um, and read more about it. But, you know, is there, is there anything else that, that waterfowlers sh- should consider? Yes. So, so one thing that's really important that I see across the board is people have gone the entirely wrong direction because of marketing and because of bad patterns, inefficient patterns. So what people have done over the years is they've gone faster, they've gone lighter, and they've gone tighter. Those are all three bad things that they should not be doing. Mm. So what I tell people is if you're, if you're shooting ducks inside 20 yards, even inside 25 yards, to be honest, you could literally shoot a factory cylinder choke with steel sevens and devastate the bird. But what people have come to learn from bad marketing and bad experiences is they are going bigger with shot size, which is the last thing you want to do. They're going faster velocity, which is the last thing you want to do. And they're going tighter chokes, which is the last thing you want to do. Because 80% of duck hunters do not pull a trigger past 35 yards. And of that 80%, I would say 60% is past 30 yards. You know, everything's inside 30 yards. So really what everybody has been doing is choking way too tight. They're missing birds because of it. Because if the choke actually does pattern efficient, they're shooting something way too small for not only their skill level, but for what they're doing. Like, why would you want to hit a baseball with a pencil when you could be hitting it with a telephone pole? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if I could throw a blanket on a bird, why would I want to throw a baseball at it? Right. And that's what people are doing. Same yeah, thing that makes sense. Hunting, you know? Yeah. And so what I've been teaching people is shoot the biggest pattern you can get away with, with the smallest shot size possible to get the job done at the slowest velocity you can get it at. Because those are the combinations that are gonna make your hit to miss ratio go through the roof, your cripple ratio go way down. It's gonna save your wallet, save your neck, save everything. And you're just gonna become a way much better shooter than you've ever been. I'm, uh, and that, that's it. I'm picking up yeah. what you're putting down too on the recoil side of things. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I was in a duck blind here not too long ago and a buddy, of, I, I shoot a three inch 12 gauge and a buddy of mine was shooting a three and a half. And he said, Hey man, I want to shoot your gun. Okay. And, uh, I switched with him and I was just like, no, you can have this thing back. You know, I'm not, yeah, doing I won't even, I won't yeah, even I, if this is my I, option. I don't even want to shoot. Right. Yeah. I'm not doing that again. I got a headache now. So, uh, yep. I'm not, I don't like recoil. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy. I can handle it, but if yep. I don't have to have it, well, I don't want it. And, um, 
and, and yeah, it does seem like what exactly what you're talking about. It's like, oh, we got to put more powder behind this thing. And well, it doesn't matter if you're shooting a one gauge. If you can't hit the bird, you just right. can't hit the bird. I mean, yeah, if you can't you shoot, shoot, it, it doesn't again, matter yeah. what you're shooting. Yeah. yeah. You know how many times I've had people say to me, man, I wish I could shoot my 12 gauge as good as I shoot my 410. And I'm like, well, stop shooting 1550, man. You might, <laughs> yeah. you know, That's right. but, yeah. but the thing is, you know, like, like recoil has a lot more consequences than, than we think. So, yeah. so like recoil, it, it really knocks you, knocks your equilibrium off. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're just going to fire one shot, like at a Turkey, by all means, shoot a three and a half inch, two ounce number six. Right. Right. If you're shooting past 50 yards, Right. If you're not, go back to what I was saying, you know. But the problem with shooting like clay targets or or wing shooting, like when you fire that first shot, if you get rocked, you have no idea how long it takes your equilibrium to regain its its balance for a follow-up shot. And, you know, if you're shooting sporting clays where you've got two really fast shots or if you're shooting, you know, teal buzzing by or divers screaming by – and you get rocked on that first shot. Good luck on the second shot. It's not right. going to happen, man. You do, you think it is, but it's not. Your your head's still all screwed up. You, you know? know, yeah. Going to you know going back to a rifle. That's why suppressors can really really change the game. And my experience with them is that they help you get back on target a lot faster. You know, there's not as much muzzle flip. There's not as much concussion, and you know you can just get back on target. But if you switch that over, you shoot a 300 wind mag and you're, you know, you, when you fire, you're like, I don't know where the deer go. I, I mean, it's just, <laughs> shoot it, a muzzleloader. You can't see for a right, while. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and then go take a 12 gauge and sit down on a bench and shoot it like a rifle. It, I mean, yeah. it kicks, it recoils a lot more than your standard deer rifle. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, I, I, I could definitely believe that it, it would have a huge effect. Yep. Well, Jimmy, this has been a lot of fun. And I know that, like say, we could sit here and probably talk about the variables for days. Oh, yeah. uh, and really, I, I'm just like touching the tip of the iceberg on all this stuff, man. I, I know I I'm talking know. a lot, but there's so much, man. It's yeah. like, well, but oh, no it, doubt. it what, sounds very complicated. What I'm hearing Jim say is, Joe, there's no more excuses. All right. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> not your choke. Yeah. I'm, it's not your choke anymore. Yeah. You still, yeah. still got to shoot the front of the bird to kill it, you know? Right. But, that's right. But, uh, but that's up to you guys to learn. You know, I can't do that for you. <laughs> that's right. Well, well, Jimmy, if folks want to get in touch with you uh, after listening to this show and, and really call you up and say, hey, Jimmy, I'm I'm shooting a, an 870 and, and and I'm shooting puddle ducks, you know, like, uh, what do I need to do? Uh, where, where do I need to go? If they want to get in touch with you or go check out your website. What's the best way for them to do that? So just www.mullerchokes.com. And that's M-U-L-L-E-R chokes.com and uh i'm all over facebook i've got a muller hunting fan page i've got muller hunting chokes i've got muller competition chokes and i've got jimmy muller i'm all over facebook you know social media youtube you name it i've uh i've actually got some things that are very helpful for people and a lot of people probably don't know it's out there because i i really don't market it a lot but on my website, there's a thing on there that says video membership. And in that membership are right now 35 full length videos where I talk about all this stuff in detail. And it's it's really eye-opening, helpful stuff. And uh, if people would go on there and, and check it out, it it's it's very helpful. It'll it'll literally save you thousands of dollars and years 
of abuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I believe it. Big time. Yeah, it's I'm really looking, worth it. I'm looking forward to checking it out, man. Well, thanks so yeah, much for too. joining us today and uh, and being our resource on this topic. And uh, and good luck with the rest of your your season. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You too. All right, folks, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Y'all take a minute and check out some of our show sponsors. This segment was brought to you by MB Ranch King. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free hunting blinds are constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. They also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And also by United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working lines of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture makes to our communities, and they help local farmers build successful businesses. They want you to succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by at any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. Butch, what did you think about that? It was a lot. I mean, really, it's a it's, lot, but uh, he simplified it really well. He did. He obviously knows his stuff. I mean, he's been there and done it, all of it. it he's the like. he's the guy you want doing it. It sounds like you know yes. with his with all of his technical expertise, like he's the guy you wanted to do that. And all he of his hunting, he's not just yeah, a guy right. in a lab. He's oh. an actual hunter yeah. that hunts a ton, um, right. shoots a ton, hunts a ton, and it sounds like he simplified it for all of us. All of yeah. us people that don't do it near as much as he does and don't have the brain power for the geometry. You know what I mean? I'm not very right. good at the whole number thing. <laughs> so I'm glad he's figured that out for me. Yeah, no. Well, and and yeah, he's taken the that whole idea of actually having to pattern your gun and just made it easy. You know, you just jump on the website, yeah. say, hey, I shoot a Browning 12 gauge. And he's going to say, all right, here's, yeah. here's, here's the show. what you need. need. Here's the decoy. This is for those close in shots and here's the passing and that's for those medium range. And here's the UFO for those extra long shots. If you want to try them uh, or for Turkey hunting or whatever it may be. Uh, and like, it's cool that he's built them in a way that you can leave that choke in, not worry about shooting buckshot or whatever. Cause yeah. like, you know, I may have my Turkey gun in the, in the truck and want to throw a buckshot in to kill a pig that I see. I was going to say for a pig or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I, um, Something that stuck out to me that he was saying is that like 80% of the shots that are taken are under 35 yards. And that really goes back to something that you and I've been talking about on the bow hunting side of things is we get wrapped up in what a bow can do at 45 yards, right. 60 yards, yards right. you know, all these, these theoretical yeah, sure, it's shots. possible. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Right. And if you've got the time to practice and you're willing to do it, yeah, there are people out there who very consistently can take wild game at, you know, 60 yards. Yeah. But, but for the normal hunter, for the average guy who's going to pull his bow out a month for the season, maybe and start or shooting. a day, <laughs> yeah, or a day, uh, you probably shouldn't be not say I'm that guy. Yeah, well, you need to set yourself up to be successful at the most commonly right. shot ranges, and and that's get, the get really good at the get really good at the chip shot, like we've been talking about. Get really yeah. good at that. And you may not even have to go any further. You know what do you say? 80 or 85% of shots are under 35 yards, 35 yeah. yards and under. Yeah. 
yeah. So, I mean, I could probably really, work with that. Hey, man, to, to wrap it all up, the next time somebody asks you what, you know, what shotgun shell should I shoot or what choke should I shoot? The answer is just got to be, man, it just depends. I can't answer that for you. Yeah. That's really it. Because unless That's you right. shoot the exact same, exact same gun, exact same barrel length, exact same shot shell, it's irrelevant what I shoot. Yeah, sure seems that way. You got to pattern what you are going to be hunting with and see how that works for you. And if it's not a tight pattern or you need to change something. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you to get the podcast emailed to you each week. Just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. You'll join our email list. And wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros at landhunting.com. That's going to do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. This week's Sunland show is brought to you by Fatatas Defense. The Fatatas Defense PD Pro Ultralight Ultra Compact Night Vision System simply the best in class night vision systems ever built contact patanasdefense.com to learn more patanas defense masters of darkness and also alabama farmers co-op alabama farmers cooperative has been serving gardeners farmers and everyone in between for 85 years visit www.alafarm.com for more information and to find a co-op near you and also by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fish and game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit texashunter.com. And also by Great Days Outdoors, the South's finest hunting and fishing magazine. Pick up your copy wherever magazines are sold or check them out at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And also the Hunter's Bait Lowdown Trail Cam Reviewer. The Lowdown High Speed Trail Cam Viewer has flipping fast technology that allows you to view images three times faster on a screen that is 60% bigger than typical 7 inch viewers. Find out more at lowdownviewer.com. And also by United Bank. United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. United Bank is building stronger communities every day. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC.